0: Hi guys, welcome to the Young and Limitless podcast. Today I'm going to be talking to an ex-teacher and full-time mum, Hayley. Hi Hayley, welcome to the show. Hi Esther, thank you. So Hayley, um, you're currently having a cup of tea, um, and so what kind of foods and drinks do you normally have at this time of night? Oh, um... I drink a lot of red bush tea um I don't have caffeine
1: so I try and have lots of alternatives so either herbal tea or chicory instead of coffee because that's hasn't got caffeine in so anything like mm-hmm. that and then yeah that's that's kind of me usually I try not to eat after eight o'clock
0: yeah I try that too <laughs> so what happens if you drink caffeine then I've got a condition called POTS postural orthostatic tachycardia syndrome
1: and um it means that I have an elevated heart rate upon standing, which okay. is, um, yeah, quite, it, instead of just jumping 30 beats per minute, which is what a normal, I say normal, but that's what standard for most people. Mine, mine generally doubles when I stand up. So yeah, caffeine aggravates that and makes it worse. So I'm, yeah, I try and eat um, a plant-based diet, which really helps. Cut out gluten and dairy, and cut out caffeine as well.
0: Okay, and has that helped you with your pots? Mm, very much so.
1: It's yeah. I used to find I had um, generally was poorly for most of the week, and it, my symptoms are mainly based around fatigue. Um, mm-hmm. And I would find I had maybe one or two good days a week before I went on this diet, and now I'd say oh, I usually have about one bad day. week and the rest is you know I'm quite well functioning I still get very tired but not to the extent that I used to so yes, definitely helped
0: because you eat a plant-based diet and no gluten and no dairy that must mean that you're quite slender you look quite slender to me Mm -hmm. yeah yeah I think most people would agree (laughs) yeah so um when you were have you always been slender yeah yeah I think it's it's in the genes as they
1: say Mm -hmm. so dad has always been thin I mean he's obviously got that hot belly now that men kind of get but he's yeah Mm -hmm. he's never been a a large man even though he's six foot um Mm -hmm. and on my mum's side her brother was very very slight so yeah I'm kind of tall five foot eight but thin so I'm I'm about
0: and a half stone. it's okay you not I was gonna say don't tell us but thank you for telling us um when you were a teenager so th- there's a lot of um we all know now that it's socially unacceptable to go around calling people names and um being rude about people's weight for being overweight um, but when you were a teenager how did you find that because obviously the focus is a lot more on being overweight than being slender or yeah. slim I think um I don't think there wasn't
1: that many people that used to say things to my face, probably more behind my back. Um it used to be a lot of adults, oh you're not eating enough, get some meat on your bones, uh, things like that. And um yeah, it was just it wasn't almost acceptable if you were, you know, if you were a very thin person, it was, you know must be something wrong with you, you must be anorexic. I know people pass comment, you know, and I had a few things said, oh, you must be anorexic. I think even my mum thought I was anorexic, even though she used to watch me eating.
0: Did you feel that you had to say something? Or what did you do when people, when you knew people were talking behind your back?
1: Um, I wasn't, I'm not a very confrontational person, so she didn't say anything really. I just, yeah... Let it wash over me, I think, really.
0: And what age did that start? I think probably
1: around about 15, 16, maybe that sort of age when it was yeah, when people started to pass comment more you I mean it, as I say, it wasn't an awful lot of things that was being said to me. but yeah, there were certain things. I mean it was quite tricky at the time to go shopping. I think nowadays shops are more geared up so you can find lots of size sixes or anything like that, you know, which I probably the size I was back then. Um, yeah, so so it was probably quite tricky and I always remember trying to find a dress for our summer ball. I think um, it was what we would now say is year 11 at school and yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah it was it was so tricky trying to go and find something and I did find something and I the dress was probably one size too large for me and so it did hang off me and probably made me look a lot thinner than I you know yes I was very thin but you know and I was also quite a shy girl so I think I used to maybe sort of like not look comfortable in my own skin sort of in those settings so um probably drew attention to that but yeah there was photos came out and people were like oh you know look how thin you are skin and bone and things like that so it was yeah it was a little bit sort of tricky I think because you you just felt you stood out
0: and as a young woman where you know we all have curves and you have got curves too how did these thoughts and these feelings affect the way that you saw yourself I think I didn't
1: really have curves back then, things only say okay. water that I really got curves um, okay. yeah, so I I was always waiting. I was thinking, one day I'll get my boobs. when are my boobs coming and um yeah, and they were pretty non-existent and so I think that was quite tricky looking at all the other girls and just expecting the norm was, yeah you, you'll get boobs, everyone gets boobs so um I think I so I was always. Maybe thinking i wasn't I didn't want to be any bigger than I was. I don't think I've ever thought, oh yeah, I want to put weight on or anything like that, but I think I just wanted boobs, so yeah, maybe just felt like I was missing the mark in that sense.
0: okay, what did it mean for you to be missing the mark? Maybe that I wasn't womanly, um the boys didn't like me
1: um as much as the other girls who were you know had all the curves in all the right places I think that's a song um yeah so I think there was
0: that maybe underlying and just in the back of my mind if you could go back and tell your younger self you know something really encouraging to help her feel like a woman like a young woman that she is beautiful and you know attractive and she can get a boyfriend but what would you say to her your younger self I think I'd just say you're okay actually you know there
1: are people who would pay a lot of money to have <laughs> have your figure and um yeah. yeah I just yeah I think you're okay and that's it's not that you're abnormal or anything like that. It's you're fine just the way you are and that's you know that's how you're made and I think as well not so much the focus on the outside but actually that it's it's you as a whole that's what's important um i think even back then people say nowadays it's it's very much about what you look like and and i think there is that push but i think even back then mm-hmm. there was it was teenagers you are very aware of what you look like your body's changing and so um yeah i think i would definitely go back and and say you know it's it's you're really fine as you are and you're a lovely person inside and out and that's what's important but also i think Health as well is something that's really important. So, I'd I'd probably say to myself, Your body works, it's healthy. That Mm -hmm. is in itself amazing. And, you know, look at that. Look at all the things you can do, especially because of my health now. I would really want to appreciate, you know, how everything was working properly back then. And, you know, as you get older, all the different ailments and things that come, I think you take it for granted. So, I just want to make sure I didn't take it for granted
0: yeah also you're not that old because you're younger than me (laughs) so when you were younger did you do sports did you what did you do when you say your body worked really well I did dance um my thing I wasn't a sporty
1: child um I'm still not sporty uh yeah I think I would have done more dance I think and just kept going and and just realized that actually I hated cross country and things like that
0: but Mm-hmm. I did too. You know,
1: I I wish I kind of like embraced things like that a bit more. So yeah, maybe that's that's looking back in hindsight. Hindsight's always a wonderful thing, isn't it? But
0: uh-huh. yeah. And when you were saying about your mum and she was worried about you, even though she saw what you were eating, did you talk to your mum about how you were feeling? What was going well, on? Actually it was something that came out more recently.
1: We had a conversation about it. And when she said, Oh yeah, I really thought you were anorexic and I was just like, Well why didn't you say anything or do anything well obviously I wasn't you were feeding me so um yeah and i think a lot of it came down to the fact that my when i was 14 my dad um my dad had an affair and left and um he left the family and moved away and that was really hard on us and mm-hmm. so i think my mum was going through a lot of things personally and also last thing she wanted to do was upset me further and you know but i think there was probably that secret worry thinking it, it had affected me more. But, and she did. She asked me as well. She said, oh, were you actually being sick and throwing up and, and you know, eating but doing that? I was like, no, no, I hated being sick. You knew that. So, um, yeah, but I think it was just her, her worries. But that just goes to show I was a very, very thin person. But as, as I say, I did eat. Mm-hmm. I mean, food diary the other day, you know, something you have to do in your food tech, which we used to call home economics. And, um, yeah, it was, I ate a lot of rubbish and a lot of junk. So as well as like homegrown stuff, but, um, yeah, I, so it wasn't as if I wasn't getting the calories. So, mm.
0: and you didn't, looks like you didn't talk to your mum about it then. Did you talk to anybody? Did you? No, I think, no,
1: I didn't speak to, I don't think anyone of my close friends would say anything. I perhaps would, you know, have mentioned how difficult it was to find clothes and things like that. Sorry. No. Did you you go
0: clothes shopping with your girlfriends?
1: Um it's really weird. I, I must have, but I can't remember. Um because we didn't live very we lived nine miles. We lived in a village. We were nine miles outside of um the city, the nearest city and the place they had all the shops. And um there was, at the time, you had to rely on parents to get you in and drive you in because there wasn't a regular bus service. I think there must have been a bus once a week, but that was, oh. you know, at school, so it was really out of the mm. Um Yeah, so I'm not sure whether it was, if I went in, I went with my mum probably more often than not. I can't remember going with my friends. Mm.
0: So. And when did you feel that you when did you feel a woman feel that you know you were attractive and gosh
1: I think self esteem wasn't great to be honest and so yeah maybe because I felt I didn't match up and you know because of certain comments that that had been made sort of skinny shaming me possibly um and so I wouldn't say until it was after university I think it took all that time, um, Mm. to get more confidence. And, um, when I, I had like a, well, actually probably towards the end of university when I had a little job in a shop and, um, it was a shoe shop, but it was a high fashion shoe shop. And, uh, yeah, just started getting some noticing the interest I think from, from the boys and things like that. And just, yeah. And so then I think my confidence grew and I, I started wearing really fashionable clothes and things because I could find them. Um, because mm-hmm. I used to, it was in Birmingham, so obviously you can find anything in Birmingham shops. Um, yeah, so I think that's probably when I started, and I actually really embraced my figure then. I think and, and was really yeah because all the high fashion things look really great. So
0: mm. that was good. So what did you like? What did you what do you like best about your body? Um, sorry I'm taking ages about this one
1: um That's okay yeah I it's I'm just I think the fact that I am sort of pretty trim I like my shape mm-hmm. um I think even though I'm slim I have actually got sort of an hourglass uh-huh shape um long legs um yeah so I think everyone always has little niggles with their
0: body but i you know i'm pretty happy with what i've got i think really so that's nice your journey has been um almost complete so you've gone from not really appreciating or thinking that your body was attractive to now you do you do have an hourglass shaped body and it's no different from being any other shape because yeah you do have your curves yeah and i think to understand more curves than i have <laughs>
1: <laughs> but to understand that you can be attractive to someone else um and that's you know and for me it was the realization that men like different things not every ma- man likes big boobs for mm-hmm. example like, oh, that's you know that's amazing that's that's really cool so was, i think it was um when the penny dropped in that sense that's there was a bit more sort of acceptance that actually it's okay. And I think also as I've got older, the realization that a lot of attractiveness is actually from confidence. So if someone is very confident and happy in their own skin, that's Mm -hmm. a very attractive quality. So um, And that's taken me a long time to understand and and learn. And one thing I didn't mention was um, maybe the pressure I put on myself was as as i said I, there were certain comments made external comments but i think i it was the pressure i put on myself that you know made me feel quite bad and i had counseling in my 20s because i actually had something called dysmorphia where you think you look sort of grotesque as it were um, to other people and i think that was more based around my face rather than my body but still, it was, um, yeah, I used to think no one, you know, people must pity me. And just I had a really bad self-image. And I think that was probably stemming from a lot to do with my relationship with my dad and him leaving when he did and mm-hmm. not having that information. So I had to do a lot of work on that. Um, yeah, but it's, I think we were our own worst critics.
0: We can be, Yeah. What's your, what was your takeaway from that time of counseling um i think it was that
1: actually it's it was my internal voice was really harsh and really highly critical and um, just because that was my internal voice didn't mean it was telling me truth
0: mm-hmm. um,
1: so i think it was it was learning actually you don't have to listen to that voice the negative voice all the time and and sometimes you don't have it right. You don't have it all figured out. And so mm-hmm. that was probably one of the major things I, I had to learn. And it's it, I'd have to say it's taken a long time. I think things don't happen overnight. And it's, it's sort of like you move and grow past things. And things can seem awful at the time you're going through them. Um, but I think you do come out the other side so much stronger. And yeah it's it's I think going through these things you understand that I think sorry I've lost my train of thought
0: that's okay so if you if you had a young woman in front of you who I don't know whether it's displaying signs of dysmorphia or she was to say or you were to you were to say you had guessed because you had been talking to her. Mm-hmm. So, like, if you were working in your last job and there was a young lady, there are there any general um, things that you could tell her to say to herself to quieten the the really critical voice that's not telling her the truths? How would you help her? I think,
1: I think first of all, I would, I would try and you know say, well what you know, what do people that you trust say around you? Is it the same as what you say to yourself? And because I know for me people used to say, Oh, you're so stunning, you're beautiful, and all these sorts of things. And I'd just be like, what why are they saying that? And I used to think they were nice to me. So um you know and, and I think that's that's the very hard thing is that you don't believe some of the things people say. So it's and it's you've learned to trust yourself and believe what you say. So it's unpacking that. So I think it's it's very hard just to sort of like sum up and say, I'd say this, um, mm-hmm. the process that you have to go through. So I'd, I would definitely be, I'd be very affirming, um, but just try and unpack what feelings and, you know, why those feelings might be occurring and that, that voice in her head is telling her those things and then try and look at sort of like the reality and the truth and as I said before that even if it's very difficult for her to overcome that whole you know dysmorphia and I hate myself I well I hate what I look like I would try and say well but what what are the things that you can focus on that are really amazing your body's working you know it's doing all those Mm. things you know also but you know you can be the best possible version of yourself you can have this amazing personality and that is what makes you beautiful it's not Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. you know because essentially we all age and you know that sort of beauty fades but the internal beauty is a thing that's actually what we need to work on and and that's Mm. how people relate to us and that is what shines out and really does actually make somebody beautiful so yeah
0: Mm. I've some of those things that's great you know I love what you said about listening really listening to what other people your friends who you trust are saying because I think we all do that it's not just um it I think a lot of us somebody says something really nice oh you look really good in that and you go yeah okay thank you and then you just like don't really let it in um and you let in, you tend to let, it let in the negative easier than you let in all the nice stuff. But actually paying attention to your good friends who are saying, like, you look really beautiful. So you had mm-hmm. friends when you were younger saying that to you. And it was more, I wouldn't say
1: that was not in my teenage years or anything like that. I think,
0: yeah, she didn't
1: really seem to say things like that. But it was more in my 20s. think okay okay yeah and that's the time really that I needed to hear it as well because that's when I was struggling the most um okay yeah so it was weird because I'd accepted myself in some respects but not others so yeah I think it's it's sometimes it's just that one negative comment that you'll or, or that one picture that you'll see of yourself that you just think oh, I look absolutely horrendous in that. And then that becomes your view of what you look like, even though it's just a bad picture or okay, yeah, yeah. comment. Or a
0: something. bad haircut. Or you just it's like back in the eighties clothes were not that attractive yeah. looking. <laughs> they weren't sexy at all. <laughs> um so it's it's
1: States, yeah.
0: Yeah. And actually you look lovely, but actually, you know. It might be the clothes, it might be the haircut, it might just be bad the surroundings. <laughs> yeah. yeah, and back then, because we didn't have
1: phones to take pictures like we do now, it's like no. you know, so. Who knew what what was on that film? Or someone could have uh-huh. just click something and without you being aware and you pulling a face. So yeah, it's I'm in a bad position. Quite, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I think it was quite difficult in that sense back then. So I mean, I'm not saying it's any easier now. With you know people feeling that they have to take lots of selfies and, you know, present themselves in a certain way. So, yeah, it's all swings and roundabouts. But, yeah, I think it's it, it's seeing that now, but when you're in it at the time, it's, it can be very difficult.
0: Mm. And I know that it's, when I mean, you're talking about the way it is now and taking selfies, and you have a young daughter who's a teenager-ish, so (laughs) yeah um so how would you help her to 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 care about what she looks like and know that it's about her inner confidence and her inner beauty but also to know to listen to what people say but not listen too much Mm -hmm. because it's it's hard it's hard to navigate now for young women image is really off the scale with intensity i have to say it's something that it
1: does concern me especially if you're a sensitive type like i was and and she is like that so you do worry you do even at this age um at school she's she's still in primary school but there's they're so image conscious and they're you know all comparing what they're wearing and the latest things so it's it's very hard for them i think um, and I think, as I said before, harping on about it, but... Mm-hmm. It's okay, say it again, Haley. go for it. Just to make sure she understands that actually who she is as a person, um, you know, that's where the true beauty lies. I mean, I think she's going to be stunning anyway. Um, mm-hmm. You can often find that, and that's one point I wanted to make before, that people you can be you know you can look different but different good and you can you know be very individual and we're all very different and people can pick up on that and sometimes a lot of it comes out of envy um or just something people are unsure of something different so it sparks a reaction in them so sometimes people aren't very nice and they can say things that are very hurtful to somebody but actually it doesn't mean it's it's the truth it can be mm-hmm. coming out some insecurity in themselves which is generally what it is envy something like that so I think um it's I would try and make her aware that often things that are said that aren't making us very comfortable and and are said that are very hurtful or that we might have taken to be very hurtful are usually said because of that other person's insecurity. And they're not anything to do with us, and that we should yeah. not base our own opinions of ourselves upon what what someone's saying. And actually, if someone does have a negative opinion of you, that's up to them. If you're if you're doing your best and trying to um, you know be the best person that you can be, and trying to be kind to other people, then actually. It doesn't matter what that person thinks and they're not worthy of your time.
0: Fab. Great advice. Thank you, Hayley. I mean, that's great advice regardless of what gender you are or how old you are or yeah. anything really. It's just like that's separating your stuff from their stuff and knowing that actually what they're saying is a, re- a reflection on them than on you. It, that's exactly it. And I think one thing I try to teach my daughter
1: is that the most important thing is to be kind Mm. if you can't do anything else try and be kind to other people because actually that goes a long way and um, I think especially in our society we're very British so we don't like to we're not very good at giving compliments and we're quite good at sort of like maybe having a little comment about you know if we see someone and I don't know, perhaps that they didn't brush their hair properly that morning or something. And they're like, oh, look at her. (laughs) Look at him. What are they wearing? And actually, you know, it doesn't take much just to find something good about that person and and try and be positive or and to actually try and give other people compliments because it is a boost. And absolutely. um, Yeah. And one thing we're not very good at is accepting those compliments. So, um, yeah, I think that's another thing. That I would like to try and you know encourage young girls to learn is to accept a compliment it's okay Mm -hmm. to say thank you and not deflect it and be like oh oh I just you know it's it's like if someone says oh I really like your your top and you're like oh this this whole thing oh I just bought Mm -hmm. this in usually you might say I just bought this in time or or something like that but actually Mm -hmm. you don't need to deflect it you can just accept it and say thank you and that's okay And just take that encouragement,
0: because it'll give you a boost. Yeah, that that takes practising, but when you do it, it's it's lovely. It's lovely for the person who gives the compliment as well, because it's nice to know that somebody believes what you just said, because it's a boost for both of you. And I think sometimes when it's awkward,
1: it might put that person off, giving another compliment to someone else, because they think, oh... That's oh, I shouldn't have said anything, but actually, um, yeah, if we could all... Because I could feel
0: embarrassed. Yeah,
1: if we could all learn to be a bit more complimentary, because you don't know what's what's going on in that person said they might, you know, like I used to be, I might have been thinking, oh, you know, how awful I was looking that day. And, you know, I didn't, you know, I just wanted to hide, but mm-hmm. wanted to be nice, you know, which sometimes I did. might not have believed them because I might have been having that bad day, but still it's it's the little things and and the more and more people that are saying these kind things to you I think the more and more you're likely to believe it so yeah so compliments are good I think
0: yay so I'd like to compliment you then Haley, I'd like to to compliment you on your inner beauty because you are beautiful and to thank you for your amazing wisdom and you've given us so many keys um and You've talked about your pots, you've talked about um, being slimmer than the other girls around you and how that made you feel. And you talked about the dysmorphia um, and you've given us like so much, so much good stuff that we could practice. Like the last thing you said was complimenting and being kind and listening to your friends and actually trying to listen to your own inner voice about not being too critical. So is there anything else that you'd like to add Ooh, that I might missed? I could probably think of lots of things after.
1: Okay. <laughs> um, yeah, I think um, when you're younger, sometimes you, you haven't got life's experience to realise. So if, you can, if you've got older people around you who are really being lovely and really giving you those compliments and just listen to them because... They've lived, they know, and um, mm-hmm. you know, they can sometimes have a, a better understanding of, of what, what the truth is than maybe the, your peers around you and the pressures of, say, social media and mm-hmm. Instagram and things like that. So, yeah, that's, that's probably the only other piece of advice. Just, just think where, try and analyse where the things being said to you are coming from.
0: Ah, Excellent. So, thank you, Hayley. Thank you for your time and your wisdom. And I just want to honour you as a woman who um, is a mum, but is also, you've helped so many young girls in the past. I know that in when you were working. Um, and you will again. And you do, because I know you go to church and you do, you're a great role model at church. I know that we haven't touched on that. Um, but that's, and maybe I'll invite you back another time. So, thank you very much, Haley. Thank you. Take okay, care. Thanks. Okay, thanks guys for listening to this podcast. If you want to find me on Instagram, it's Young Limitless Podcast, all one word. Just click on there and you can see all the photos. Okay, take care, guys.
1: Bye bye.